Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Athletic Hockey Show is presented by BetMGM, the exclusive betting partner of The Athletic. Sign up at BetMGM.com using the promo code THEATHLETICPOD. Okay. <laughs> hey, everybody. That's Sean Gentile. You're talking over my hard work and, and our exclusive betting partners. Um, make sure you do that, though, Sean. Lot, lot to uh, bet on this weekend. This you is- got it, Craig. <laughs> This is the Americans edition, your favorite edition of the Athletic mm-hmm. Hockey Show. And we have, I'm Craig Custance, by the way. I'm Craig Custance? Um, <laughs> we have a great show for you today. We have an incredible interview with Alex Tuck. And I don't say, I, 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 we always pump it up. <laughs> you know that about us. We're, we're not going to like run the guest down. But where would you say the slots in, in like in our scale of, who's, our, who's the top of our scale to... <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I know who the bottom, who the bottom is. <laughs> it's really good. Here's here's why we like the or I why I don't want to speak for Sean. I, I would never pres- presume to do so. Um, You've been doing that for uh, 15 years now, almost. Yeah. Go ahead. the The genuine love he has for the city of Buffalo and the excitement he has about being potentially like the face of that team for a while, or at least the person that gets trotted out to, for conversations like the one he had to endure with Sean and I, he genuinely like, he's into it. He, he was, you know, he was talking about the bills game. Like, he's just it, like, I love that. Like you always hear, Oh, so-and-so is going back to Toronto or Detroit or wherever. Never happens really, except for the, you know, whatever Tavares, but I, I don't know. It, it's just, it's awesome. It, it made me like, like when that trade happened and I was like, oh, that Calgary package looked way better, which mm-hmm. probably wasn't true. It probably was not exactly what we thought it was. No. But now I'm like, hey, this would you, – you can't count on this for anything, but I like that Alex Tuck was a big part of that trade now. I was ready to drive two and a half hours of Buffalo and like celebrate the city. That was, that was not – that was an ad for the Sabres and it was an it ad was. for Buffalo as well. Ready to crack into some Jenny Creams, baby. Let's go. Oh, it was, no, he it was, was awesome. He was awesome. I felt it was one of those, uh, I don't know. This sounds corny. And I think we have less of these because of just the state of the world and the way things have gone the last two years. But um, 
it was when you have really good talks like that with players, you know, you come away from it and you're like, yeah, that was, that was great. Right. And we've, we have less of those now than we had in the past just because it's mainly zoom and you can't talk to guys one-on-one and yeah. whatever. But, um, I don't know, man, I felt, I felt good about that. I, I'm, I'm, I think Buffalo corny as it sounds is lucky to have Alex talk. Like he's psyched to be there and he wants to be, he wants to be part of, you know, whatever the solution might look like. And he's really good. That's the other thing. Oh, right. That I think helps. that's, I think that's, I think that's something that maybe we didn't crack into quite enough with him. Is that uh, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Alex like, Tuck. You're pretty good at hockey. A, not just, yeah, not just a nut, not just a nice guy who cares. Like he's a, that's pretty, just the he's ambassador a pretty good of hockey the player too. chamber of commerce. Yeah. yeah he's the, he's a, <laughs> sure. He's the Sabres mascot. <laughs> of course, of course, he's gonna run for mayor in 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 twenty oh years. Gosh. But he's he's also he's also a good hockey player. So yeah, that was a that was a good talk, and it's worth your time. Um. All right. But but first, last night, um, in Minnesota's eight to two trouncing of the Montreal Canadiens, it was pretty clear that Kirill Kaprizov was feeling it a little bit. Like I, I was <laughs> alerted to what was happening when Twitter. All of a sudden, my feed was filled with, "Hey, why is why is Kaprizov doing loops around everybody and just skating like literal circles around people?" Yeah, because he's a superstar playing against an AHL team, essentially. Um, and in the process, so he becomes the, not the fastest, but the, in, in, he tied Connor McDavis. McDavis. Let me, can I get through this? I'm trying to read a graphic. Con- tied, I give up. What did he do last night, Sean? He tied Connor McDavid. Uh, I think it's McDavis, but go ahead. He tried Cronor <laughs> McDav- McDavis. Uh, in the amount of games it took him to reach 100 points. Those guys through, th- through their first, isn't that what it was? Yeah. In 92 games, he got 100 career points. Same exact they amount of games as Connor McDavid. games to make it to 100 points. That's... Which is amazing. Which means the only conclusion is he's as good as Connor McDavid, which, because depending numbers. On how, I mean, depending on how these next couple games go, like what if he's at a, a faster pace after 102? You know what that means? What's He's up? better. At the top of that list, if you're if you haven't seen it, Alex Ovechkin did it in 77 games. Alex Ovechkin's Crazy. pretty good. Um, Sidney Crosby did it in 80. Genny Malkin did it in 89. Uh, and then there's Kaprizov and McDavid. God, Ovechkin, not, not to get off gotta get off on a complete tangent, but that was pre-center ice and stuff. So, like, I, I feel like it, it was less, it was more of a hassle and much more difficult to watch games outside your market. And I was living in Maryland at the time because that was when I was in college. And I watched probably, you know, whatever, 90% of those games just because that that was the team that I watched back then because they were the team that was on every night. And God almighty, I, he was, I've still never seen anything like, <laughs> never seen anything like that. Alex Ovechkin, pretty good. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. And still, like, it's, I mean, it's fun that Alex and Sydney are, you know, at the top of that. But this is, this is pretty remarkable for mm-hmm. a guy. Like, everybody else that's on this list was, you know, hockey blue blood and top pedigree, top of the draft, you know. And here's this guy that, that's come over and, and it's just a completely different player. And not only that, you know, skating circles, hitting this milestone, Attempting goals between the legs, like just a blast, like fun to watch. 
everything. And also just also he's the rising tide that lifts all boats on that yeah, line. Sure. I mean, not and not to Ryan Hartman is, is a good hockey player. I'm not trying to knock him at all, but they stuck him on that line and all of a sudden he's, you know, Brett Hull mm-hmm. or something. Right? Like yes. Kaprizov is is an underrated playmaker. He's a great passer. You know, uh, the uh, yes, yes, those are those are good players he's surrounded with. Like my God, Matt Zuccarello has been great for a long, long time, and and, and Ryan Hartman's an, a nice player. But they level up mm-hmm. when they when they get put next to Kaprizov, and I think that fact is what takes him from you know really, really nice player to like at this point walk down franchise dude. Yeah. And that was the discussion we had when we did the player tiers in the fall, right? It was me and Corey Pronman, the very mysterious Corey Pronman, in Domless Chishin. And we went over, you know, it took forever and we talked to a million people and we had a million phone calls. It was, And it's a bear. God, Craig, you know us better than anybody. That's a, that's a, that's a huge lift for, yeah. for, for a project. But coming out of it, no joke, our biggest question was like, did we like kind of underrate Kaprizov? Because we had him at 3A, right? Which is like... Yeah, so what the are the tiers? Tier, yeah, so it's... The next tier below franchise player. Yeah, like, okay. Like tier one is is your McDavid's and your Austin Matthews and McKinnon and now Kale McCarr and whatever. Tier two is like a, a little bit of a larger group. And tier three is, you know, technically not a franchise player. We're like, they're stars, they're elite, but are they guys you can, you know, are they the best of the best? Are they the guys that you can, you know, plan your next 10 years around? And we hesitated on Kaprizov just because the sample size was small. And we're like, yeah, he was 23, he only played, you know, X amount of games, like, need to see a little bit more. Well, we're seeing it. And that is why he is why we wanted to one of the main reasons at least that we wanted to do kind of a refresh of those tiers at midseason because yeah. he he you single-handedly know, you were like we had him too low we got to go back at this i'm not he was the first name that came up yeah like, like yeah. when we when we cracked that open and started doing the process we're like all right well we got to move kaprizov off kaprizov up and that was you know everything else kind of came after that he's he's remarkable um i want to like one of the coolest things I, now, I don't know if I appreciate it in the moment, but a few years ago, um, before Kaprizov came over, I watched him play in the World Championships on a line with Pavel Datsuk. And the two of them together, uh, I wrote something that was just for Minnesota fans, essentially just said, you know, this, you should be really excited. And they already were. Like, that was at the moment where they were like, any story about him sneezing was a big deal. And it, like, it was, you know, they they knew what they were getting, but... I like watching those two because you talked about the playmaking ability and and just seeing them feed off of each other was incredible. And now, like, it's it's even cooler in retrospect because I'm like, wow, this guy is like a legit NHL star uh, franchise player. And, you know, to see him in that at that point in time was was amazing. And, uh, it, and it, you know, it's fun that he drove that conversation for you guys in the tears. And a couple of the other things that stood out to me because you moved people off the list completely. And there was one subtle other subtle move was Cal McCarr again, same idea, like didn't jump a bunch of tiers. It was, went from all-star or whatever that was to, Hey, this guy's a franchise player. Yeah. He's, he's in a group with, uh, McKinnon and Matthews and McDavid. Yeah. Like that's, that's the leap that he's made. Those are the things that we wanted to focus on there. And and also to kind of make it clear that 
you know, not all tiers are created equal, right? Like Mitch Marner is another guy who we had, he was, he's going in the other direction. He's yeah. another guy who we had a lot of conversations about. He's a guy who me and Dom specifically were like, he, he's a tier two, he's two B. Like the production is just undeniable. You can say what you will about the playoffs, but like this guy is top 10 in points per game over the last three years. Like that counts. Yep. Sorry. And he's really, he's really good defensively. Like you can, Everybody weights stuff differently, but I'm just not willing to throw out that kind of production and that kind of skill set based on five crappy games in the postseason. Well, when you're Mitch Marner and you've had a pretty slow start to the regular season, yes, he's playing better now. But if that's your body of work, if that's why you're on the list is like, look how good this guy is in the regular season, then you better produce during the regular season. <laughs> and he right. hasn't, And he hasn't yeah. at a level you know, commensurate with a franchise player. So he drops down, you know, the, and I know it's like we're picking nits and probably talking more about this than, than it merits, but going from 2B to 3A is a big deal. And that that is the jump that Kaprizov made. And that's the kind of drop that, that, that Marner took. Like, that's not the same as us being like, you know, uh, do we move Jake Gensel up from four A to to three to three B? Like that about like that's all that's all well and good. But when you're talking about moving guys in and out of like the rarefied air of being a true franchise player, I think that's I think that's much more interesting. And Kaprizov is one side of the coin, and, and Marner uh, is the other. I will say because Dom and I did the initial one, and it always ends up talk, turning into a Dougie Hamilton conversation. I did <laughs> run right to the Hamilton section because it's not. It, hey, the other side seems to be pulled, like it's like a horse race. It's like oh, here it come is, the hockey traditionalists down the stretch. The Dougie Wars. The Dougie, the Dougie Wars, Wars. The great Dougie on. Wars of 2022 continue. I'll say this for in, in Dom, um, not in Dom's defense, but to his credit, I mean he was. He was like, "All right, we gotta, we gotta drop, we gotta drop Dougie down." Like that was that was him. That was that was driven by him. I'm so sad I wasn't is, on that call. Uh, I don't think you. I don't think you should be that sad. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> not, and not that I wish. Like I love Dougie Hill tonight, but it was like it was such a fun debate, and he was always so adamant, which is fine. But like, I, I will give you know, Dom is like Dom doesn't get attached. He's like same thing with Seth oh, no. Jones. It's like, hey, this is what it's, the, this is what it says. I, like I'm. He's he's like a detached observer sometimes, and he's just like I'm going to argue this. And I think that's part of it. I think think that's part of the way it goes. Whenever you bang the table for guys, like you got to just be willing to admit, you know, when you're wrong, even if it's only in the moment. Even if Dougie comes back at the the start of next year and you know answers all these questions that we had about him, which is whether he can drive his own pair because you know he was really good with with Jacob Slavin and like was he the guy that drove the bus and blah blah blah. Like there's. Fair questions. I'm on. I'm it's at the start of the season. I was on Dom's side. Yeah, you know, it was me and him basically against Corey on the, on on that one. And both of us were just like, "Yep, uh, this is an L. This is an L that we have to that we have to take for the time being." Yeah, like yes, we, yeah, we were wrong about Drew Doughty, right? Like we thought he was kaput. We thought he was you know one of the worst contracts in the league and blah blah. And here he is coming going from off the list to on it at mid season. Like you can't have. There's no shame in being wrong. It's a, it's a, and it's yeah. a lot easier to admit you're wrong when you're right most of the other times, too. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Oh, are you and saying that Dom, about yourself? I'm saying that in Dom's case. Yeah, no, Dom sure. tends I'm, to... I'm wrong. Like, I'm, wrong. Right. I'm wrong, I'm wrong yeah, all the time. The, yeah. the, the, Dom, 
the the proof is in the pudding with that dude in a in a lot of different ways. But also, like Jude Doughty wasn't good. Like Dom wasn't wrong about Jude Doughty. Mm-hmm. Like no, you have like, engaged Jude Doughty playing in a team that seems to be interesting versus Jude Doughty waiting for the rebuild. Completely. But I, I think I think that's an important thing to internalize when you're someone who has opinions about players and someone whose job is to have opinions about players. Yeah, and that is. Dom's job and my job and yeah. and, and who and who and whoever else is, you got to be willing to take the L and admit when you're wrong and just ignore or acknowledge that a player's that a player player's performance has changed from the last time you kind of evaluated him. Right, right. Like it's not right. that we were sure. wrong about about Drew Doughty, but I think there's another class of person. In another personality type that it would that would say like you know this is my opinion about about Drew Doughty it crystallized last year yeah he is who he is forever yeah he's on a shitty he's on a shitty contract and he's not playing hard and this and that he's on the downside and that's just not that's not the case and so yeah of course we're both more than willing to be like this is you know, you know where I'm yep. seeing that like this it's it, this is not hockey talk but I'm seeing it with Matt Stafford because you know we're, mm-hmm. we're a Matt Stafford house here in Detroit we mm-hmm. have been for years my kids have the like love them and, like and now our Rams fans in we're always just like it's always the line the only reason he's not great is because of the Lions that's why he doesn't win playoff games now he's on a good team he's winning playoff games and all the you're seeing the Matt Stafford haters saying no 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 now it, you know he's, it's just the team around now him it's like now his team's just good admit, just admit you were wrong it's okay to change your mind you, we have new evidence here he's on a good team he looks great like that's it's okay but anyways it's just nobody sports, wants man just, it's just sports oh and also it's like it, it's there's nothing wrong with 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 growing a little bit and um and mm. learning new things and incorporating mm. you know new information and in, in, into your process um i do want to acknowledge uh before we get to alex tuck keith yandel is going to become nhl's iron man when he passes doug jarvis assuming we don't we're not jinxing him in, in any way here oh, breaking breaking news keith yandel has <laughs> shut his hand in a car door he will not be playing tonight this is your fault. Oh, man. So, American Keith Yandel, I don't know if I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. This is, like, this doesn't get, like, we're not doing the Cal Ripken banners, uh, the number banner down at Camden here. I don't know why. Hockey, like, I, why isn't the Ironman in hockey gonna, a big deal? They should, he should do the, the Cal Ripken lap. He should, he, like, this is, I don't know what, what doesn't seem to have the romance some of these other Ironman man streaks are, but come on, hockey's ridiculous. Like, how he's done this is is remarkable, and I, I think we should at least take a moment to appreciate Keith Yandel. His <laughs> what? Why are you laughing? At this? this is the time. Is the timing for Keith Yandel? If this, I wish this would happen after after one of the after one of the work stoppages, right? Like that's that's where the Cal Rifkin things. Oh like, right, right. Cal, we need something Cal to Rifkin, celebrate. Cal Rifkin healed healed baseball and Thanks, healed Cal. America. Remember when he Thanks healed America? Thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son named his name Cal <laughs> after him for healing what? America. Now we're doing great. Thanks, Cal Ripken. Mm-hmm. Everything's perfect. Oh, that's so good. Because of what you did in 1995. Actually, the, the true healing will come when Phil Kessel passes Keith Yandel, <laughs> which is going to happen. That, that's the beauty of, like, this. that's my favorite part of all of this, is that Phil Kessel is, those, talk about the horse race. He's, here comes Phil, down the stretch. Those two guys, too. Those, those two personality types, like... Duking it out for for the for, for the, the tough uh, man like the for the tough man thing and and like these are the guys, like these are guys that have been criticized in the past you know Yandel had there, there was that weird stretch at the start of last season where Joel Quenville did like the, like 
and that like he's this is a guy who's beloved by his teammates and it's just this weird thing same with phil it's it, it is it's like here here people that haven't always been universally celebrated even like for toughness or playing hard, or whatever you want to say, and here they are going to break the, the <laughs> Ironman streak and maybe the t- toughest sport to stay Keith healthy Yandel. in. Keith Yandel's uh, streak was in danger because he's too cool. Was that the knock on him? He's too, he's too funny. We might have to bench him. Oh, my gosh. So, we're, we, we are raising a glass to Keith Yandel, who oh. uh, we would love to get on here, and we hope to do so. Um, he's He is a fun talker. I... I like if you remember. Do you remember when he was like the catch of the trade deadline when oh, the, yeah. the Coyotes traded him to to the Rangers, yep. and that was you know. And I just remember him being such a pro through all that, and like just likable guy, amazing moment. And and then we look forward to having Phil Kessel on as well when Phil passes, and Phil, I'm sure that'll happen. He'll that'll that'll, that'll happen. A lot. Phil, Phil's a Phil's lock it in. He's coming on. Friend of the show, Phil Kessel. If, if we say it, does it make it true? Like, even if yes. he doesn't believe it or yes. want to be on the show? Uh, all right. Coming up next, great conversation with Alex Tuck. Legit great conversation. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for you to listen to it. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are now thrilled to be joined by Buffalo Sabres forward Alex Tuck. Um, we were just talking about Jesse Granger, who a good uh, – he's a uh, – what day is his uh, show? Wednesdays? Doesn't, doesn't, Jesse doesn't does a great matter. job on Wednesdays. Cares. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> kills it covering the covering Vegas, and um, Alex was kind enough to ask about him. Alex, thanks for doing this. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Thanks for having me, guys. Um yeah, it's it's our pleasure. Well, first of all, like things are like you, things are going well for you. It seems like you just hit the ground running. Um, just let's start right there in the moment, like in terms of production and and fit and comfort. Like, can you just fill us in on how it's been going right away recently? Yeah, uh, I mean the trade happened, and obviously I had my shoulder surgery last summer, and so I wasn't playing. So there wasn't an immediate rush to try to get me into Buffalo and into the lineup right away. I was still uh, doing my rehab um, during that time, but I decided to uh, hop on a plane uh, about, I think, like the day after the uh, the trade was announced. So on Friday morning, I jumped on a plane and uh, came in and watched the game. And um, I was able to sit down with uh, a lot of the guys, um, coaching staff, uh, talked with, uh, had a really good conversation with Kevin Adams and just kind of, um, get a good feel of the guys um, and the organization in general. And um, they welcomed me in with open arms right away. And it was a great feeling. And uh, a lot of people were, uh, I felt the excitement of having me in, um, I guess, kind of a hometown, uh, former uh, and current now, uh, Sabres fan uh, in the organization. And, and it meant a lot for me and it meant a lot for my family. And uh, it made the transition just that much easier. 
Yeah, I, I mean that's that's been the fun thing to track in all of this. Just like the the pure genuine excitement you seem to have about going going to Buffalo. And is it true like the first thing you did was ask Kevin about you know meeting the front office and getting to know those folks right off the hop and and going around and getting to know like I love that. Is that what was that kind of the motivation behind that? I, so I mean, one of the, I, I took a lot away from Vegas and how they honestly it started with the ownership and Bill Foley and. Um, uh, he was an unbelievable owner. He treated us um, so well. And I, I saw it right from the first day I was in Vegas. And um, and, and I, I thought saw that as a huge culture thing. And um, that was one of the things that I wanted to make apparent is that um, coming in and uh, they want me as a big piece in the future. And, uh, and I knew that if I was going to be here for a long time, I, I want to get to know everybody, not only my teammates, not only the coaching staff and management, but everyone in the front office and the people that work behind the scenes to make it happen. Because I mean, we are an organization. It's not just the, the players on the ice. It's not just the coaches. It's not just the ownership or anything like that. I wanted to get to know everybody and, and, um, and, and you know what? I mean, I, I learned from guys like Mark Andre Fleury, and uh, he he's uh, he was a uh, a guy that I got to uh, look up to and watch and see how he carried himself and see how he interacted with people and how much he cared. And it really went a long way with not only our teammates but all, with the organization. And he is probably the most still the most loved player to ever play for the golden knights and it's just an, an unbelievable thing to watch and be a part of there so um just learning little things from him and uh, i had good relationships with the people in the front office in vegas and i wanted to continue that and and create good relationships with the people in the front office in buffalo and i know with covid it's stuff and, and and that and some people working from home so i still needed to uh meet a, a few important people um, I think everyone's important in that front office. So uh, that's just something that I took to heart right away. And that's the type of person I am. I'm outgoing. I, I like meeting new people. And um, I think that that was, uh, a, I guess it was, it was a big thing. And, and Kevin really liked it. I, I wasn't going in there to try and impress the GM. I was going in there genuinely to, to just meet people and, and understand how this organization works and uh, find the ins and outs and, because uh, you never know like uh, who will change your life and who will help you uh, one day down the road and stuff. So I, I, I just think it was a good introduction. Yeah, you mentioned, I mean, you mentioned Marc-Andre Fleury. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Pittsburgh guy. Um, I watched, you know, whatever, watched him for 15 years here or whatever it was. The connection that he had with his fan base and with his city, I, I've still, I've never, I've never seen anything like it. He, that, that guy's got a way about him. Um, and you mentioned learning stuff from him. Is, is there anything specific that you took from that kind of lesson? Because, again, he's a model, I think, for how to connect with fans and how to connect with the city. And that's an important thing everywhere and in Buffalo specifically. Everything. I, t- I tried to take everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everything that guy did was perfect, honestly. Yeah. He was the ultimate teammate. He was the ultimate fan favorite. Um, he was a leader. Even as a goalie, he probably – Honestly, he could have had the C on his chest and it would have been uh, guys wouldn't have even blinked or even thought differently of it. Um, because I mean, he meant that much to not only the teammates, but the organization in general. And, uh, right from the start, walking onto that stage, you knew that, that he was going to do something special on the ice and off the ice, uh, when he got his name called during the expansion draft. So, um, I mean, he, he tries to make a difference in everyone's life and, uh, in a positive way that is. And he's, 
done it without fault. And um, it's something that I've really aspired to um, in my time in the NHL. And I'm trying to um, make my footprint uh, not only in the NHL, but now in Buffalo. And I tried to do it in Vegas. And um, I started my own foundation when I was out in Vegas. And uh, it was based in Vegas and Syracuse. And um, now it's even easier having an LLC in New York to be based in Buffalo um, to try to start really rolling that out and, and growing it and really trying to make an impact in the community in every way possible. Have you felt any um, returns on, on the efforts you made there? Like, do you, do you feel that kind of building connection with, with the fan base and with the community? I, I, I know you've only been there for a few weeks, but you put a lot of time and, and you care a lot about it. So what, what kind of, what kind of bond do, do you feel already if there is one? I do. And I think people really, um, I think at first people, I didn't really believe I was a true Sabres fan. And so when I went to the first interview and I tried to rattle off as many guys that I could think of off the top of my head for that, um, that Eastern conference run back in the day, um, mentioning I was neighbors with Tim Conley growing up and just little things. And, um, people have already shown excitement and I'm on Twitter and I see people tweet at me all the time, uh, about how excited they are to have me. And that, that really truly means a lot to me. And I, I don't take that for granted. And, and I really want to make, each and every one of those fans proud. And um, there's also some people that obviously I, I think myself and my teammates want to prove wrong out there. And also people we want back on our side because th- it's been a couple of rough years here in Buffalo. And uh, I think we are heading in the right direction and talking to Kevin Adams and, uh, and Don Granado and um, guys that really do truly care, not only about their jobs, but about Buffalo and about the Sabres organization and about trying to turn this thing around because I mean, I think we have a great group of guys in the locker room and I think we have a lot of talent. And I, I've heard that from previous players and coaches that I've been with that we've played just this year or even before I was in the lineup and stuff. And they're like, wow, like you guys, you guys should have a, a hell of a team going forward. And uh, obviously it's not a hundred percent and they're right now and we're not playoff contenders and Stanley Cup contenders right now. But I think for the future, that's going to be uh, real significant. And it gives us a lot of confidence going forward as a team. I'm going to talk about some of those players in a second, but like Buffalo is one of those places, man. It's, it's a great, it's a, it's, it's a great city. I've, I've never had a, never, n- never had a bad moment or a negative thing to say about there, about, 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 about up there. But it seems like fans there want to know that it matters. <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? Like they, they, they need to feel something, something extra. And part of that I think is, is, is because of the, of the problems that, that, that they've had over the last over the last few years so like i don't i mean i don't even know if that's a question so much but that but it's just it's it's cool to see a connection with you and that fan base already because there that does that seems like they need a little bit more there than i think and then i think in other places yeah no i mean I, the best example is the bills honestly mm-hmm. through and through <laughs> it was a little bit i mean they always had their fan base and they were wavering and stuff and struggling for some years. And um, I've really, I've always been a Bills fan and I've really watched Josh Allen the last few years. And I see not only what he's done on the field, but off the field and his connection with the fans. And I see uh, Josh Allen town pizza and I see them, how he embraces them. They embrace him. And that's what I want for the Sabres. And, it, and I don't even want that personally. I just want that for the whole Sabres organization and my team and my teammates, because I think that that's what we can do in the city because of how good the fans 
I've seen how good the fans can be in the past and I've seen how much they care day in and day out. And they might not all be in the stands right now. And I know we're with the border and stuff like that. We are missing some fans from St. Catharines and, you know, but I really do think we have a good, strong fan base. And I just think they're waiting for us to capitalize on it because they do have it in their hearts to really support us. And I think they still do, but I think they, they need a little bit of a boost to even up their support. And I think that that's what um, I want to come in and show how much I care. And I think that I already, I already saw it from day one, seeing all these young guys and, and talking to the guys, they love it here. And that's, that's, that hasn't always been the case with players in the past that have really bought into being a Buffalo Sabre. And I think that that's something that um, a lot of guys have, have really shown not only to the fans, but to me, and it's been really good to see that. And, um, to be in that system and in an organization that cares that much and with teammates that care that much. So I think we are going to turn it around. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be, you know what, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs, but it is going to be a lot of fun. And it, it's going to, it's going to get to the point where they're going to be like, Oh yeah. Remember those down years? Well, not anymore. <laughs> and that's kind of what it is with the bills right now. Remember those remember those down years of the Bills? Uh, who cares about those? It's here and it's right here and right now and it's a lot of fun. Did Kevin and Don know you cared this much? Yeah, I wonder if this <laughs> like, was part of the like, no, was it, how much question. how much of this seriously, was how much how much was that a factor in, in, in bringing you in? So I, I think being from around the Syracuse area and always having that connection with the Sabres, I I, I there was some rumors, inklings, and stuff like that during my draft that they tried to trade for a pick mid-first round to maybe pick me um, and stuff. That was um, that might be a little bit of a leaked rumor truth there, but uh, it was. That's, Do you it, believe it to be true? Was, Is it true? You would know, I don't know at this point. I, uh, okay. Off the um, no. <laughs> It was something that, but like, I always wanted to be a Buffalo Sabre. I've always wanted yeah. to put on that jersey. I, I grew up next to one. I, I saw, like, how they embraced, the city embraced him. And I, I, I was always a Sabres fan growing up. And you see the pictures of me as a little kid skating in my, my backyard with the Sabres jersey on. And to be able to do it in real life and play in the NHL for the Buffalo Sabres, it really, truly means a lot to me. And, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think maybe that Don and Kevin really truly knew how I felt and stuff, but um, I, I hope that from my years in Vegas and um, my years, I mean, I it was in the U S program and Don just in general, how much I care about my team and my teammates and the team that I play for. And I, I hope that has gone and I've kind of got a reputation about myself, not only in Buffalo, but just in the, in the league in general of really caring and truly being and buying into the, the system. So uh, I, I hope that was a, one of the reasons for the trade. I can't speak on anyone else's behalf, but um, I hope it wasn't just my hockey abilities, but also what I do away from the rink. What Sabres jerseys were you wearing when you were skating around in the, in the backyard? It was all, oh, the kinds, all the logos. I mean, I remember the, uh, the, the butter knife ones, the red butter knife ones. I also, dude, I saw, okay, hold on a second. <laughs> I saw, I, I saw a picture of a, a picture of you that ran right after the trade and you were wearing, you were wearing the butter knife jerseys. Yes. Yes. That was, that was, up. that was probably, that was one of, I mean, it's a two and a half hour drive. Uh, I, my dad wasn't a season take a hold or anything like that. So I might've went to like one, a, one Sabres game a year, but I mean, that meant a lot to me to go to a Sabres game. And um, I, I think that was probably my second or third 
game, NHL game, let alone Sabres game ever. So you see the big smile. And uh, I remember uh, driving back after the game and I was young. So I was sleeping in the back of the car and they put the seats down for us and stuff. A couple of <laughs> buddies of mine. So I remember like little things about it and just the atmosphere and how much fun it was. And it was, uh, it was something that I would never, I- I'll never forget. And uh, I hope that kids today really enjoy coming to the games and and seeing players that are like um, I don't know, Dylan Cousins and you had um, Jack Quinn and Thompson and Darlene and stuff coming to watch those players and really um, enjoying to watch uh, guys like that in the lineup. And I mean, that's that's what I did uh, growing up. Uh, I mean, when I was a Sabres fan, we weren't always the best team either. I know we made that cup run and or that that run in 06, but I mean, it wasn't always good times. And I was always a loyal and faithful Sabres fan watching the games with my dad at night and um, and listening to Rick Jenneret. That was one of the first guys I got to meet coming to one of the games. Uh, they were like, oh, yeah, Rick Jenneret. So I'm like, can I meet him? I want to meet Rick Jenner. And I heard, <laughs> I heard like, it like, yeah, we could probably, we could probably make that happen. Yeah. I think, I think we can introduce you like, to him. Well, I talked to him. I was like, Hey Rick, I'm a huge fan. And he's like, oh, cut the crap, Alex. Like, come on. I was like, no, Rick, like my dad's going to be so jealous of meeting you. Like uh, we loved listening to you growing up. Like, like uh, it was, it was like none other. It was an unbelievable experience just there. Just, I mean, that was my first weekend in the town watching the games and got to meet Rick Jenner. And uh, it was awesome. This is a podcast, by the way. You can say shit if you want to. <laughs> was any good Tim Connolly as a neighbor story? Did he, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, did he ever uh, hop over and play a little street hockey with you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that picture, there's a picture of uh, us standing by a street hockey net, and there's like six or yeah. seven of us uh, young uh, kids, and he's he's uh, standing there behind us all and took a picture, and uh, he'd come and play street hockey. And I had a backyard ice rink growing up, so he'd come on a couple times, um, he moved away when I was pretty young, so he wasn't yeah. like we were best friends and we have a big age gap and stuff like that, but he would still sign anything I needed and stuff like that. So that was, that was, that was really nice. That was, uh, he was, he was a class act in that way. And I, I knew the people of Buffalo and, um, talking to guys that worked with him and uh, the equipment managers and training staff and stuff. They all love, um, Tim and they call him TC and they love, so they love TC. Uh, yeah. Did you call him? Did you call him TC or Mr. Connolly? He's your, he's your neighbor. <laughs> I, I, I think when I was really young, I called him Mr. Connolly or, or well, his dad was Mr. Connolly. Our, my parents, our parents still live next door to each other. Oh, wow. That's amazing. 25 years later. So oh, that's amazing. That's crazy. Crazy. Um, I did want to ask you about, I mean, you skated a lot. You got to know, imagine Casey Middlestat in the fall or, you know, spending some time with him and as you're kind of recovering, what did you learn about him or like having that opportunity to see such a talented kid who's, you know, making his way? What was that? What were your impressions there? So much skill. There's yeah. it just in practice that I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> like, I, yeah. was, I, I can't do that. <laughs> I was, I was very impressed and, um, He's, he's, yeah, he, he's, um, he's class A talent right there. And he, he works really hard and he cares a lot. And to see, to talk to him, because I've had some injuries in my career and I hope that I helped him out with being able to give him some experience with my rehab seats, my rehab sessions over the years and, and saying and, and talking to him and him being able to come to me and ask me questions about my experience and how I got through it and how I tried to prevent it going forward from that from happening. And 
well, I haven't had the best amount of luck with that, but um, I've, I've, um, I've really learned over, over the years and, but to just see how much he cares and how much he, how hard he works day in and day out and the little things he does too, just on the side of, it's not like he's coming in and he's waiting for someone to tell him what to do, waiting for someone to tell him what to do. He's really trying to do the actual without anyone telling asking him mm-hmm. to. Oh, that's really good to see out of a young kid. And um, I think he's going to have a, a hell of a career ahead of him. And he's got a ton of talent and a ton of skill. And I can't wait for him to show the world what he's got. What's yeah. it been like working with Don so far? I mean, I, he's, he's, he was, he was one of our first guests. He's, he's his energy is unbelievable. It's wild. Yeah. Unmatched. It's unmatched. She, she's, um, he's a, a deep thinker. I, 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 I've really been uh, very impressed by his ability to um, dissect the situation, not only like in game, but like in video and stuff and, and really, um, get guys to like listen to him and really buy in, but at the same time, like he's he's analyzing and um, vocalizing all at the same time, and it's and, and it's really interesting to see because uh, he's not that typical old school coach that I've had in the past. Or I mean, I've had a couple of different coaches with Kalant and DeBoer, mm-hmm. um, but it's he's got a different style about him. I, I think the guys really like him. I really like him. The guys really like him. Uh, I think it really, uh, you can see it when he was out with uh, COVID and stuff like that. It was, we were, we felt like a little bit different team, nothing against Matt Ellis. I thought he did a great job behind the bench, but the energy and the buy-in that Don brings every single day, I think is unmatched. And he really cares about each individual player and he's really looking to develop each individual player. Um, like you said, his energy is unmatched and his focus, uh, determination and just his care in general has been unbelievable to see and be a part of. And, um, we've had, uh, we, we have a little bit of history in the past with the yeah. 17 U18 world juniors and us programs and stuff like that. So we already had a sense of familiarity, uh, with each other. And I think we're, we, we kind of took it in stride and just let it happen. So I think our chemistry is good so far and he knows my game. And I think that's really helped. Um, Mike Russo claims that, that you found out about your trade to Vegas via one of his tweets. I don't know if that's yeah. true or not, but 100%. how did you find out? Is it hundred percent true? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the gym. I, I'm, I'm in the gym and uh, we're working out. It's in this early in the summer. And uh, my buddy, Luke Kerwin, who was one of my workout buddies, um, came in and he's like, hey, Alex, I think you're getting traded. I go, ah, that's funny. <laughs> no, no. He says, I think Vegas is drafting me. I'm like, no, like, that's not possible. They can't draft me. Like, I'm entry-level contract. They can't draft entry-level contract guys. And he's like, no, like, I think they're trading for you in draft. So I read this article and it was like, yep, tough, likely to go to Vegas. And I was like, holy <sighs> crap. And then I'm like, I called my parents. My mom's like, yeah, I'm watching the instigator show with Andrew Peters because my little brother lived with Andrew Peters when he played for Buffalo the year prior. So my mom's trying to call Andrew Peters while he's on air on TV. Like, where did you hear this from? Like, what is going on? You see him like, you see him like look down at his pocket and silence his phone. Yeah. Your exactly. mom, your mom oh, calling him. Oh, Sharon. <laughs> me. Ah, end it. Um, but no, it was like, so... 
Uh, yeah, so I, I that was the first inkling that I heard it from because they're not act, they weren't actually for trades. You weren't able to know until like eleven a.m. Oh, right, that's right. Because they didn't want everything to be leaked, which I think was a little bit different with Seattle. They already knew <laughs> that. That is not the way it worked out. The second <laughs> yeah, we knew we knew the roster. <laughs> yeah, so I was a li- I thought Vegas did it really well. They keep they kept everything hush hush and, and it was a little bit different draft than Seattle's, but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to, cause I didn't tell anybody. So I just kind of, except for my immediate family and uh, a couple of close fr- friends and stuff. So I, my dad was out of town. And so my mom and I, I think my brother and sister, we all watched the draft and uh, we kind of made a, a night of it kind of thing. So as soon as Minnesota came up, uh, we knew my, I was going to be traded and then my phone started blowing up. So I was excited. It was, um, it was a really, it, it was weird because at first I was like, wow, like a team traded me. Like they didn't, they didn't want me anymore. So that was yeah. really sad. And then you thought Vegas, baby, like that's awesome to be a part <laughs> of something special. Yeah, man. They, <laughs> that's always the way it goes with trades too. Like maybe one team, one team maybe didn't want you or wanted you less, but. Yeah, but one team Vegas, really Vegas, wants Vegas, you. Vegas, Vegas yeah. went out and got you. Yeah, yeah that, that meant a lot. And I, I wouldn't, and I, I'm very grateful to everything that Vegas gave me. I, I'll, I'll never forget those four years, four and a half years. And um, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I wouldn't be where I am today without probably getting traded. I don't know where I would be. I, I probably wouldn't be in Buffalo. I, I don't even know if I'd be in Minnesota or anything like that. But I think it was, it was a really... It was really good for me, and it was um, I, 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 for my for my hockey career. And uh, I'm very grateful to be to have played in Vegas and to be a part of the organization. And uh, but now it's it was on to another chapter, and it was kind of the same feeling with man. Like I, I really established myself in Vegas. I felt like I really connected with the fan base. I made a life for myself. I bought a house, and I was kind of putting in roots and stuff. And then. Next thing you know, I'm getting traded to Buffalo. So at first I was like, wow, like, so I don't want me anymore. But then five minutes later, I'm like, I'm finally going to become a Buffalo Sabre. And I'm talking to Kevin, his excitement about the trade. I was like, wow, wow. Like I'm going to be a big part of the Buffalo Sabres. And that, that really resonated a lot, like resonated with me. So it was, it was a very, uh, a lot of ups and downs. But I'm, I was just so excited about the opportunity, so excited to come back home to Buffalo and uh, to be only two, two and a half hours away from my family. And it was, uh, I mean, it hasn't all been 100% smooth because I was in the middle of my rehab process and stuff like that. Yeah. But like I said, they've, opened me, they've welcomed me with open arms and uh, they've made me feel right at home. Did you at least get, did, did Kelly at least break this one too? You weren't learning it from like a Jesse Granger tweet yes. or something? No, I got a, I got a text from Kelly asking me to call him at, I think yeah. nine, some nine o'clock at night or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I had a, a long conversation with Kelly and obviously I thanked him for everything that he's done. Cause he's been a big part of, uh, of me getting to Vegas and being in Vegas and, um, my tenure there. So, uh, there was, uh, obviously I know it's a business and I know, I know how the business works. Well, it wasn't the first time I got traded. So I understood, uh, how it worked. And, uh, I found out that my, uh, my current teammate Peyton Krabs was coming with me. So mm-hmm. I, I was, I decided to let Kelly and them break the news and he was actually supposed to play the next day. So I think he was already asleep because they're on the East coast. But, uh, so I hope he woke up and was able to, uh, talk to the, Talk to management before he saw that out on Twitter. I know you guys lost last night, but first goal in Buffalo, right? You scored. First one that counts. You scored. You scored. <laughs> yeah. 
True, baby. Yeah. Well, I mean, was that, was that, I, I know you've had these moments, right? Where it seems like throughout the process where you're like, holy shit, I'm a Buffalo Sabre. But that was another one last night. You scored, you, you, you scored in front, you scored in front of the home fans, right? That felt great. It really did. That was, uh, and that was a put us up, I think four to three. So that was, that was a really mm-hmm. good feeling. And I mean, um, this, this has been some tough weather. So, I mean, um, we've had a little bit lighter crowds and stuff, but you can feel the energy and, uh, we have our goals. We have a goal song, which I think is really cool. So I hear my goal song. Come on. I thought that was really cool. And uh, what, what did you, I, I didn't even hear what did you, that, that's one of my favorite things that, that the Sabres do too. Which one, which one did Warriors you Warriors by Imagine Dragons. What? All right. Yeah, so I, yeah, I was a big man. Dragons, and they're actually um, are they Vegas? They, yeah, they're Vegas. Are they, are they, are yeah, they Vegas, they're Vegas guys. Yeah. Yeah, I got to meet them actually. They're really, really good, good guys and stuff. But someone had um, said a different Imagine Dragons song, and I said, "Hang on a second, I think I might know." And then I put on Warriors. I'm like, "This is yeah, I think this is the one." So um, it was really cool. That was a really fun experience. Well, Alex, this is awesome, man. And uh, we know you got to run. So we really appreciate it. It's like you can feel, I don't know, you can feel something is turning in Buffalo. Like mm-hmm. just, just the, just, you know, what Donnie's doing, the young talent, adding you, the, the genuine care that, that the young group has that's coming through. Like that, it, the corner will be turned. Like I believe that. And, and it's, it's awesome to, to hear you articulate it. So thanks for doing this and, and best of luck, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That was a great conversation with Alex. We did ask for his Bills prediction, and mm-hmm. we we won't include that here. I, I was I, I was telling producer Jeff this, Sean, but before you hopped on because you were a little late this morning, that um, that I was literally rooting for the Bills for Alex Tuck because I wanted him to be right I in his prediction. The same way. Like literally, like I was thinking about the interview while watching the greatest football game of all time. Alex Tuck, my buddy Greg. Mm. Two two proud Western New Yorkers, yeah. It's God. That was a that was a treat. Also, Alex said the Bills would win by thirteen. We can we can spoil that here. Yeah, he was incorrect about that, but he's. I believe he's going to be correct about leading the Sabers back to glory. It's one day, <laughs> one day soon. Uh-huh. You've said that multiple times, by the way, about multiple people already. So we'll see. Everybody that appears on this show will one day lead their team to glory. No, you know who's going to lead the Sabres back to glory? David Me Quinn? And you. <laughs> Me and you, whenever we buy them. Now, what do you mean David Quinn? We were talking about him that winning would, the gold last week, so I thought that's what you were referencing. That would mean, that would mean Donnie Meatballs doesn't mm, have a job of anymore. Of course, you, we're, we are maniac? Donnie Meatballs. What's wrong with you? No, we're going to lead the Sabres back, back to glory whenever we buy them. That's right, we are buying the Sabres. With our, with our Bitcoin money. Oh, our NFT how's that money. going? Everyone yep. loves it. Everyone loves <laughs> NFTs. Not great. They're they're not no problems with them at all. I'm actually I'm buying the everywhere. what's worse than the dip. I'm buying the canyon. <laughs> the dip. <laughs> Buy the dip. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely that's definitely what we what what we need to incorporate in the show is just idiot subreddit stock advice. Coming up next, following our financial segment here with John and Craig. <laughs> The best segment of the week, the greatest segment in the history of everything. <laughs> that that will be the only that, that'll be the only good segment on the show is is crypto with crypto. Sean and Craig. <laughs> one of us loves it, one of us hates it. <laughs> Who could it be? We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's the only good segment on the show. Craig, you get that name wrong every single week. The only good 
segment on the show. Who's to say what's right and wrong? It's not the best. It's not the best segment on the show. It's the only good one. I See, I would never say that. I thought Alex Tuck was great today, and I would say that segment was good as well. So, I would, I don't know. I don't know about your naming conventions. Anyways. The interview segment is called the Quinn Hughes Memorial Player Interview. Because <laughs> you killed him with boredom. It's my own fault. Just to be clear here, everybody. I, I was in Toronto. We had a million things going on. Sean didn't show up for it. This isn't... Anytime we reference that, just to be clear, if you're listening to this and you're a Quinn Hughes fan, which we are, mm-hmm. it was like... Oh, I got to do this. It was just being ill-prepared. Quinn knew it two seconds in. Ill-prepared may or may not have been hungover. Let's, let's, let's be. I, there was a lot of things going on. I was in a hotel, scrambled. I was like cold sweats. It was a mess. Mm-hmm. And like three questions I asked Quinn weren't even like the basis wasn't even accurate. Like I was making presumptions and I was like, well, you know, you did this deal because of that. And he's like, no, that's not true. Actually, and I'm like, no. All right. Well, I'm going to go jump. I'm going to jump out a window. It was the most. Anyways, this segment is when we go into the app. We tap seven different buttons, go into the comment page on our our episodes and talk to you guys because you're sick little freaks who go and actually and actually leave comments on this and we love it we really re- we really appreciate what it this is nobody did i would be panicked we'd be like show's over folks uh, oh, make sure you review God. us on apple pods yeah uh, the rangers <laughs> <laughs> are they are they good let's talk about it now we we love it we love we we love the comments we love you guys actually take taking time to do this because we know it's not an easy ask honestly so here we are craig we'll see rights Still the best show on the athletic lineup, and dare we say, the world. See, that's what I'm mm-hmm. saying when I talk about the best segment in the world. Will, you dare. Dare you. Mm-hmm. It is. It is the world. This is the world's best podcast. Sean. <laughs> Sean had a really neat idea with Flower going to Washington. It makes a lot of sense for a win-now team, but cap-friendly shows they have zero dollars left in cap space. Sean didn't check out any of the numbers when he started spitballing ideas. It's not my job. What do I look like here? No, I mean, I don't know. I think I think that's that's a situation where the Blackhawks, even though they've been playing a, a bit better and whatever else, maybe they're less apt to dump him. They could still be holding on to that, to that delusion a little bit longer. Um, eat some of the cap, yeah. right? Yeah. They have, what, what, do they, what, do they, what do they need for? Keep 50%, get a better package in return from from Washington. And then stuff gets a lot easier from there. If you can take flurry from seven to three and a half or whatever it would be it gets a whole lot easier and i stand i now more than ever go get this dude if you're washington or pittsburgh for that matter i know that's like probably not going to happen pittsburgh badly needs a backup goaltender badly casey DeSmith is not the answer uh he's been he and they're going to need to rest tristan jari at some point he, they're doing that thing craig with a backup goalie where you know, they'll, tr- they'll try to start to Smith and then he'll tank after one period and they'll have to bring in Jari on, on his, on his off day. Just, just because he's the only guy that gives him a chance to win. Washington's in, in an even tougher boat because they don't have one, right? Those guys are, those guys are not good. Go get a goalie. <laughs> you have Alex Ovechkin, you have Sidney Crosby, you have Evgeny Malkin, whatever. Wait, what if team has all not, those guys? Um, That's a good question. Um, I don't know. 
All you got to do. I tried to, I, I tried, I tried to think of a joke answer there. And, that's okay. And, and, you and, send and Flurry to Arizona. Well, you keep half the salary. Then you you launder him through Arizona. Then you ship him over to mm-hmm. Detroit, launder him some more. By the time he gets to Washington, he's playing on the veteran minimum. Guess what? By the time he gets to Washington, they're 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 paying the caps. You're getting seven million dollars to, to to roll Mark Andre Fleury out there. There's there's creative ways, Will. I love I love seeing teams go for it at the right moment, and even not like I feel I've said this about the Predators in the in, in the power rank. So the Predators going to win the Stanley Cup? Like no, probably not. But they're being rewarded right now for David Boyle just saying screw it. Like I'm keeping all of these guys. We need more. We need more teams like that. We need more. Re- we need more teams going for it in sports, not just oh. not just the NHL. This applies. This applies to baseball Listen and whatever up. else. But NFL. Hey, hey, Rob Manfred, <laughs> I got some- <laughs> I got a bone to pick with you. Oh my gosh! No, um, go for it, man. Will actually had a question. You 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 went on your diatribe before even getting to Will's question. Man, shut up! I'm gonna even save it for next week. You- Shut up. I'm saving. Well, we're going to save that just no. in case. No, 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 Would you rather be the GM of the Golden Knights and you got to do some cap tap dancing around Eichel or the GM of the Caps where you clearly have to bring in a goalie uh, to make some space? Generally, based on the, the degree of difficulty, and but also the potential payoff, who would you rather be? Kelly the McCrimmon is, yeah. or Brian McClellan? The payoff is, is, is the variable here because I think I would rather... Kelly McCrimmon is going to have to send out a good player or two Mm -hmm. to make room for Jack Eichel, whether it's Riley Smith, whether it's Chandler Stevenson, whatever ends up happening there. That is too much money to add midseason without, unless someone gets hurt. Those are, those are the options is either you're going to lose a good player for the, for the duration of the regular season, you know, whatever Max Pacioretty, uh, I, I, I don't want to put it. I actually don't want to wish anything specifically bad on him, but, but like, like somebody, somebody could, would have could, to get hurt. Do you have to say that? No, I was going to say like, well, say like whatever, if, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if such and such player breaks his ankle next week, I, I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't want to do, don't I don't want to do that. But it's either going to be that, or you're going to have to trade Riley Smith or whoever. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want that. I'd much rather try to convince you know, the Blackhawks to eat cap and lawn and try to launder flurry and dump and find some way to dump three and a half million dollars in bad players and send out good ones. That being said, it's not a bad problem to have adding Jack Eichel to a pretty good team mid season. Yeah. You do that and, and figure th- it out later. That's and all. I think that makes, and I think that that is a huge, huge variable, even more so than the Cavs potentially adding flurry because the West sucks. West is any good. There's there's two and a half good teams there. So it's more relevant. I think the East is just a war zone this year. So I, I think adding Jack Eichel gets the gets Vegas a lot closer to being the favorites in that conference than adding, say, Marc Andre Fleury would for the cap. So I that's a that's a good question. I think the it, I would rather, like I said, I would rather I would rather find a way to dump bad players than send out good ones. But I also think Vegas is closer to a cup right now than Washington is. Michael K writes, thanks for having David Quinn on the show. Love the Olympic content. David Quinn was great. That was last episode. If you haven't seen it, I would encourage you to go see it or at least watch the clip uh, on Twitter, the video clip of mm-hmm. David Quinn and where I look like uh, yeah, I just came Craig in from shoveling great. snow, <laughs> which I think I probably did. Any chance to get some players on? 
would love Sanderson, Brisson, uh, Maddie Bernier on to talk about their excitement and get more American fans jacked up about our team. Let's go. All, mm-hmm. Completely aside, uh, I'm right in the middle of listening to the rewatchables talking about Miracle, which we'd brought up. And it's gotten me excited again it. about the Olympics. Sean, the fourth best, the fourth best hockey movie of all time. They're convincing me. It's, I'm, I'm going to give it a rewatch. Sean, you're still fun to listen to, even next to your Sparty co-host. Bring back Baltman on the show. What? Like this really took a turn. I was like, "Hey, love the show, guys." You, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna answer. I'm, I'm gonna return that, uh, that last comment there. Bring back Baltman. No, never, hmm. never. He knows what he did. Hmm. I don't think we can get any players right now. Like those guys are, those guys are about to understandably go into media blackout mode. Right. Yeah, but there's got to be a point where we could get them in the middle of all this. I know. I know. Here's what I'll say. I know the women's team is there. They're yeah. done. Yeah. So, and next week will be February. So I don't know if that's in the cards. Okay. Those guys, and that, and that's fine. Those guys need to be focused, conserving their energy, both mental and physical, uh, to begin their march to gold. Okay. In Beijing. I'll let you, Caleb B. Scatter shot at some questions here. I love it. Caleb clearly was listening and leaving comments um, live. Oh, like, that's he was is, live. He live is. commenting the, the so. podcast. That yep. More people should do that. I just want your strain of thoughts as you're listening. That's great. I'm, I'm fine with that. Caleb says, "I love one of them is that I love that you called your shots with the U.S. winning gold, Craig. I'll take the field and give you odds, say plus one twenty. Mm, Fifty bucks, Caleb." I need better odds. Like I'm giving him every other team. I, that's that's not fair. But Caleb, I'm like I'm in. Let's 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 hash this out in the in the comments section. I will make a way. I want. I will. I will put some money where my mouth is with the U.S. winning gold. But I can't give you the plus, field and only get that payoff of plus one twenty. Plus plus two. What's reasonable? I'll say. I'll set it plus two fifty. Is that? I mean, I'm sure this number exists somewhere, right? Uh, BetMGM, oh, partner yeah. of the podcast. Are we going to look it up right now? No, no, no we're not. Let's hash this up. Plus two fifty. Okay. It says SG Sportsbook. Mm. The Big Lebowski says Caleb. Top five movie of all time. Is that true? I don't know. It's certainly top three Coens for me. I watched it last week after our discussion too. Did that you really? A, that, that's a oh, absolutely. That's a comfort movie. It's on um. Mm-hmm. It's on um IMDb it's on IMDb whatever the the free IMDb app that comes on that I have on my TV. Yeah. You got you got to watch commercials with it so it's kind of weird, but I watched every second of that on Friday. It's so good. I love watching I love watching stupid movies um well maybe not stupid, but just like chill out movies on Friday at like 5 or 6 o'clock. I always try to find something something uh enjoyable and it's like funny that. because and, la- and last last week was lowski i'm at the point where i'll use phrases from it but not even think i'm quoting anything where mm-hmm. someone will say something i'll just be like you know that's just like your opinion man <laughs> and like i'm <laughs> not saying it because i think i'm being you know i'm quoting the movie i just incorporated it into nope. this aggression will not stand this won't. I don't, get away from me mister that's the funny. That's the funniest scene in the movie when he when he beats the shit out of out of the big Lebowski. I wanted to just get to Caleb in his, which I love that he just live he live commented the podcast and mm-hmm. it's worth a read. Probably better than the actual podcast. 
Um, he concludes with, I've listened to a few different hosts of this podcast. While each has their merits, you two are the cream. Well done. Keep up the good work. You too, Caleb. You I would read I would read Caleb live streaming, like live thought blogging podcast. That's, you should do that. I'm in. Let's do it. Chris J, bet if the Spengler Cup doesn't get canceled. Uh, Bobby Ryan is probably on the U.S. team. Amen. Um, I think that's true. I think I, I think he certainly would have had a better chance to make it if if his team would have gone on a little bit of a run at the Spengler. That was clearly a concern of of uh, of David's, as he said in the interview, was that look like basically look this, these guys, the guys who haven't skated and haven't played or haven't played competitively, you know, for however long they were at a disadvantage. I you mean, think if, we have? If you get, do you think we threw David Quinn for a loop with our Bobby Ryan love? Oh, clearly, I, like, why did you do this to Bobby Ryan? He was like, oh, yeah, well. Um, what was funny about that question is that it, like, kind of incorporated the bit that we do about just Bobby Ryan being our best friend and he, and, he, <laughs> and, and we love everything he does and he should be the co-host of this podcast. And you were like, now, now David, as you know. Yeah, uh, as David Bobby, Quinn knows, as, as a listener of the show. As David. a loyal listener of the show, you know that we – gas Bobby up at, at, at any given turn. So uh, why, what, what the hell happened there, man? Come on. And he didn't even like, he wasn't like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, yes, I know. I, I, I'm prepared to defend our decision here as, as yeah, he was ready for it. And, th- and then I was like, so uh, how about bringing that whiteboard out, out in the lobby at the, mm, on clip. the plane, huh? Good clip. Good clip. Don't be mad at us. Uh, Adam W. Well, hold on. Chris J, Chris J had a question, oh. a ho- an actual hockey oh, okay. question. Okay, I, I missed, I missed the last, that. The last line there. Uh, who medals at the Olympics? Who medals? I, I want to answer this question. Do we have to lock it in right now? Well, we will talk about this in, in, in a little bit more depth next week, but um, and I'm not just saying this as a – I'm not just saying this for the bit. Okay. I, I really like the U.S.'s roster relative to, say, oh, I don't know. Canada's. Mm. Oh, it feels good to hear that. Mm-hmm. It'll be it'll be Russia. We'll find some way to do it again. I'm already on record saying gold USA, and let me do some research, and we'll go. We'll we'll, we'll make our picks. <laughs> I'm not ready to, but USA no, wins gold. We will probably. I mean, probably yeah. easily. I think USA wins gold, <laughs> silver, and bronze. If you ask me, <laughs> triple, triple, the very rare triple medal at the Olympics. Uh, and then we'll, we'll close up, close up the only good segment on the show. Adam W. Since we both wanted a real hockey question, which, you know, I think we might, that might've been a joke, but whatever. Using only skaters, Uh (laughs) using only skaters. So no goalie who's on the Mount Rushmore of the NHL. We did defenseman Mount Rushmore on our, on our bonus segment, which posted, which is on the athletic, uh, podcast feed. It posted right after our last episode. Yeah. Um, I, the the Mount Rushmore thing it's it's frustrating because it's like everyone just goes or Gretzky Lemieux and then you know I think it's Gordy Howe not just because his picture's hanging behind me but I think it's Gordy Howe that's that's up a point to right there. that's Cameron oh that's um, that, I feel like a weatherman come how do you <laughs> that's Cameron that's that's Gordy right there and we got some storms coming in from the west. Mm-hmm. I think I mean Gordy to me is the fourth on that, and if and I and I would agree that the other three are the other three. Yeah. That's actually easy. Well, well, no, unless you disagree with Gordy Howe as your fourth. fourth oh, I know you're fourth. I know you're fourth. I'll let you answer, but I do know it. Bobby Ryan. Nope. What is it? 
Light green. <laughs> that was some disingenuous, like, uh, conflict baiting by you. I just said that Mike Green had a, had a, had a really fun, really great season. <sighs> Best defenseman of all time. Those are great. Again, uh, if you want to ask a question, go to the Athletic app. Um, go to podcasts, scroll to ours, find the day of the week. That's Sean and I. And the best way is probably to look for our guest. So you can look for our guest, Alex Tuck, in the title. Find that mm-hmm. particular episode. Um, click on that one so it loads up into the app so you're able to listen. Then click on – there's a tiny uh, blue link that says details. Click on the details link. And then at that it's point, red. if you have the right kind of phone, you can leave a it comment. It's red, idiot. No, it's not. Is it? The links – The I just thought all links were blue. The de- click on the red details button and then um, – if you have a iPhone ver- with a updated iOS, you can then leave a comment. Um, possibly, is that true? I don't know. Lying to the people again, inveterate liar, Craig Custins. I wouldn't. I don't. Thanks for listening to the Athletic Hockey Show. Hockey Show. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform, and don't forget to leave a rating and review. And we also have said we will answer any questions that you leave in the ratings and reviews. Because Sean is reading them constantly, as we all know. Subscribe to Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content, like our defenseman Mount Rushmore we just referenced, um, where Mike or where Sean made his case for Mike Green. This I think week, I sang on that, didn't I? I did. You did sing, and then you got mad at me because I didn't pick up the next verse. I'm not singing on a podcast. <laughs> you were like, it's "Not my fault." Thanks, thanks for leaving me hanging. Let's go. Yeah, well, it's not my fault, you but. <laughs> Bad, a T- terrible, terrible voice. voice. People don't. People don't know that about it's Greg. T- it's terrible, and I there are like I, yeah, it's it's not good. Like I can't carry a tune. This week, the Wednesday crew provides the bonus content. I'm sure, it's going to be great because it's not the Monday crew. Start with a thirty day free trial, then just ninety nine cents a month after that. And right now, you, the listener, dear listener, can get an annual subscription to the Athletic for just three ninety nine a month when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show. That's it, that Sean. It? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add? Wow. No, you've cut me. That's fine. Whatever. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> see, are you talking to me or the listener? I'm talking to you, boy. Okay. I'll see. Hey, listener. Thanks for listening. I, I'll see you later. I'll see you. <laughs> Never at the post I'll office. I'll see you at the movies. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>